This is episode one of the Learning Leadership Podcast with me, Simon Walderson, and my co-host, Stuart Elks. Good evening, Stuart. Good evening. So this is a brand new podcast about uh, leadership, um, specifically how it applies to education. Uh, and hopefully there is going to be something here for everyone. It's not just aimed at teaching staff necessarily. Uh, leadership is, I think, for everyone that works in a school or college environment, um, you can be leading, I think, just by standing up in front of a group of pupils or by being part of the support staff. NQTs can show leadership. So really, this is, I hope, uh, aimed at everyone. So we're going to be uh, reviewing some articles, uh, interviewing some guests, uh, perhaps considering some ideas. And they're not all going to directly be about teaching, uh, but I hope they're going to contain some themes which will apply uh, to leadership in education generally. So this particular episode is uh, pretty heavily inspired by Jocko Willink, episode 174 of his podcast. Um, I'm a big fan of, of Jocko Willink, and I think you've started listening to him too. I Stuart. have, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and that particular episode was about reviewing the US Marine uh, appraisal system. So we'll talk about that in a second. But um, perhaps we should introduce ourselves first and talk about who we are. Uh, Stuart. Right, yeah, uh, my name is Stuart Ox. I am a teacher here at... I've been here five years. Uh, I was in the military before I became a teacher. So I was in the Marines for eight years. Um, having been to university before that, so came out and then decided I wanted to be a teacher. So did my PGC here. Um, I was very lucky to get a job here as an unqualified teacher. And they put me through my paces for a year and then have been here ever since and worked both in the junior school and now in the senior school um, as Director of Outdoor Learning. So in and amongst that, things like Duke of Edinburgh, cadets, um, all of the climbing, canoeing, kayaking, trips, and you name it, sort of pops across my desk, which is quite nice. Cool, and I am uh, at the moment uh, Assistant Head and Director of Studies at um, but I'm going to be moving in September to be Deputy Head Academic at um, which is really exciting. Um, my background is in philosophy uh, and then computer science. Um, and I sort of fell into teaching, I suppose, by first of all helping on the technical side of things and then just sort of helping out pupils who, you know, wanted to do some extension stuff with, uh, with ICT as it was then. Um, so I've ended up teaching a lot of computing that way. Um, so yeah, I think we've, hopefully that gives us a, an interesting balance of different perspectives, different views on things. Um, and let's, let's get into looking at the, uh, the topic for today. <laughs> so in this particular episode, we're going to look at the USMC fitness report, which is used by the US Marines. And I thought the reason we could look at this is because performance management, I think, is a, a really interesting topic for schools. Obviously, a lot of businesses have you know, performance management structures, and I think a lot of schools end up trying to emulate that and end up just having sort of three targets. You have one meeting with your line manager every year, and you set some fairly bland targets and don't never look at it again until the same time next year when you tick the boxes and, and go through the whole process. So I thought the really interesting thing about this document was that it sets really high standards on a whole range of different areas of life. And I thought it would be quite interesting to see what they believe the eminently qualified Marine looks like 
and perhaps we could look at what the eminently qualified teacher might involve. <laughs> absolutely, yeah. Hugely subjective, obviously. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And, and how, how on earth do you measure performance mm. in a school? I mean, you could, uh, you could measure by results, but as we all know, that is a, that is a very poor judge of the quality of your teaching. Yeah. Uh, you could measure by value added, but equally, there are things that can skew that. Uh, if you've got a particularly high-performing class in the first place, yeah. you're, you're never going to be able to get a huge uh, value-added score. And actually, school life involves so much more than just what happens in the classroom, or specifically the transfer of knowledge. You know, essentially, we are doing something holistic. You know, we're we're affecting children's lives and, and yeah. the character of the sort of person that they will end up being. So it seems sensible to consider these things much more in the round. Yeah. Um, so there's some quite interesting stuff here, which uh, I think we might be able to get into. So the way that this is structured, they list a whole whole load of categories, and presumably you have to sit with your uh, superior officer and sort of go through them, uh, try and work out which box you fall into. And they're really, really clear that uh, not everybody gets the top mark, which I think is quite interesting. I think it's always quite tempting uh, to say that everything's fine and tick the box, that's fine. Yeah. But actually the way that this is structured and the reason that it's so interesting, I think is because this concept of the eminently qualified marine is there's just a single a single tick, a single box at the top there. And it, yeah. it implies really clearly that most of us, most people will be in you know, an ever expanding group that goes further and further down. So yeah. it's sort of recognizing that there's a bell curve yeah, absolutely. Uh, it's really interesting. The wording that they use is is really <laughs> well, very American, I suppose. <laughs> We've got a way to put it, but it's it, it's you know there's a lot to each standard. That's what got me. There's a lot included, even at the base level. You know, it's the A, B, C. Those first three boxes. That's a heck of an, a requirement there straight away yeah. off the bat. And I suppose this is looking at elite elite soldiers in right. the US military. So what is really interesting about this is that the baseline, the, the lowest box that you can tick is already excellent. And uh, I think that's quite interesting. I think as, as teachers, you know, we're yeah. constantly saying have high expectations for pupils and we should probably have high expectations for ourselves, I think. And so the, the lowest possible level is already good and then sort of works up to extremely excellent in, in each category. Yeah, and we are, well, those qualified teachers out there, I think are on, they're at a level straight off the bat. Mm -hmm. You know, you, you are, you've put yourself through a lot, of, a lot of work to get to where you are, and I think that that's, you know, makes it a bit more transferable, what we're looking at here and what we are trying to sort of create or sort of achieve. So you're already at a standard, and that standard is, is quite impressive. Um, and, and like you said, working through the, the the end result, that sort of top tier, that that's it's almost unobtainable. Yeah, and perhaps that's how it should be. You know, there will be really outstanding people in a specific category, but actually, yeah. the idea of being able to be absolutely outstanding in every one of these categories is is essentially impossible. Yeah, but that doesn't mean that we shouldn't define what it would look like and and sort of aim for it. So, yeah. so this sort of Christmas tree shape, and we'll, we'll share a link to this document on, uh, in the show notes on the website, learningleadership.net, is 
you know, the bottom level is, well, unsatisfactory, but then the first satisfactory level is a qualified Marine. And we could take that as a qualified teacher, a newly qualified teacher. Yeah. You've, you've done the work, you've qualified, uh, you've learnt the basic techniques to enter the trade. Yeah. And then there's so much more to do after that. And, and so I think it's quite, quite interesting, quite inspiring. Yeah, absolutely. It's sort of, you know, that you, you actually learn to, to drive once you've passed your driving test. You're getting to that baseline of, of passing your PGCE, your NQT year, whatever, and then you're at that, that baseline. You're already at a, at a standard, um, but there's some, it's a big old tree. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's a climb. You know. <laughs> and a lot of people in the tree as well. Yeah. So, okay, let's have a look. Um, category one. And some of these may not apply directly to teaching, <laughs> it's worth noting. Mission accomplishment. Yeah. Uh, so the descriptor for these couple of levels is performance, results achieved during the reporting period, how well those duties inherent to a Marine's billet, plus all additional duties formally and informally assigned were carried out, reflects a Marine's aptitude, competence, and commitment to the unit's success above personal reward. Indicators are time and resource management, task prioritization and tenacity to achieve positive ends consistently. I mean, that in itself is, is a pretty bold starter. Isn't it? <laughs> I mean, there's some good adjectives in there, aren't there? That is, that's brilliant. Yeah. It doesn't leave a lot to be sort of questioned, which I like about mm -hmm. it. It's specific. Yes, it's, it's big and broad, but actually um, it's very concise towards the end. Certainly that last sentence, this is what we're after. Um, tenacity to achieve positive ends consistently. That's, um, that's, yeah. a, that's going to be essential for teaching, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> it is, and completely transferable. Uh, great way to start, I think. So then each category is broken down into three sort of descriptors, mm. and it, it looks like you have a box for unsatisfactory, and I think there's one for not applicable as well, and then a box for each level, and then a sort of intermediate one if you're, mm. if you're somewhere on the way. Um, so I quite like that. Usually I think in the various performance management structures I've seen in schools, it's essentially tick a box, yeah. or you don't and then you have a paragraph maybe for saying oh, I'd like to go on a course next year or or something like that whereas by breaking it down in in this level of detail yeah. it's showing you where you are and what you're going to do next to achieve the next level without being really derogatory it's it's just it's something to aim at yeah I think yeah it's it, it's sort of it's very clear and obviously when you sort of can see the, the the sheet when you when we share it it'll be very, very clear you have a box in the middle and a box where you're working to essentially it's you're working towards um, and it's a very friendly sort of layout I mm -hmm. think both for the you know for the senior officer uh, completing the form and for the for the candidate hoping to rise the ranks you know so under performance we've got uh, this the base level meets requirements of billet and additional duties aptitude commitment and competence meet expectations results maintain the status quo <laughs> which is nicely phrased I think yeah absolutely <laughs> but that's the baseline you're yeah. you're doing your job you're doing fine that's a so I suppose in teaching um yeah from a mission accomplishment point of view that's delivering your lessons mm -hmm. um and you're doing that to the the I don't want to say the bare minimum but you are delivering a good standard. A good standard. I suppose it suffers from what used to be the satisfactory grade that Ofsted yeah. used to have. It's sort of got satisfactory means not satisfactory. But, but nevertheless, that is the baseline is fine. Yeah, absolutely. Second level, consistently produces quality results whilst measurably improving unit performance. Habitually makes effective use of time and resources. Improves billet procedures and products. Positive impact extends beyond billet expectations. 
that's just the, the mid-level. <laughs> yeah. you're, you're, you're doing really well and improving things around you. Consistently. Um, yeah. Yeah, I think that, that, that's... And there's a lot in there. You know, you are... There's a clear divide between that and the first box. Um, and there's lots of reference to this. You'll see it, you know, we'll see as we go through, but that's sort of extending beyond the expectations, looking at maybe beyond your cohort or your peers. Um, and, I, and I like that. You know, are you having um, impact beyond your little sphere? Yeah, like, like within that. your team. And presumably team could easily be a class, could be your department or your, your department. faculty yeah. uh, or your school. I suppose it completely depends on your level, I suppose. Yeah. And then the top level, results far surpass expectations, recognises and exploits new resources, creates opportunities, emulated, sought after as an expert with influence beyond unit, impact significant, Innovative approaches to problems produce significant gains in quality and efficiency. <laughs> yeah. And that is a high, high bar to reach. <laughs> that really is. And you, know, you can go through each of those very short, succinct sentences and sort of there's, there's one box underneath it. Mm -hmm. So you have to be hitting every single one of those. So I suppose as a teacher, you know, results far surpassing expectations, recognising and exploiting new resources. Um, creating opportunities, and there's so much there. Yep, in a single box, and that, that is the first box. measure of a, well, this is a three-page document. Yeah. <laughs> Good, let's press on. Yeah. Uh, proficiency demonstrates technical knowledge and practical skill in the execution of the Marine's overall duties, combines training, education, and experience, translates skills into actions which contribute to accomplishing tasks and missions, imparts knowledge to others, grade-dependent. Okay, so that's just the descriptor of the level. But even there, imparts knowledge to others. This sort of community benefit or yeah. system benefit, I think, is, is so important in teaching. Teamwork. Um, mm -hmm. There's a big play on that, isn't there, throughout this. Um, it's not just a case of being competent in your own, um, in your own sphere. Mm -hmm. You need to be showing an ex um, beyond your little world, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> whatever that little world is. So the base level, competent, possesses the requisite range of skills and knowledge, commensurate with grade and experience, understands and articulates the basic functions related to mission accomplishment. Pretty simple. Level two, yeah. demonstrates mastery of all required skills, expertise, education and experience, consistently enhance mission accomplishment, innovative troubleshooter and problem solver, effectively imparts skills to subordinates. I mean, the thing that strikes me about that one, you could almost make that the top box. Yeah, there's a huge leap. The it, stuff from... in there is it's, you know, mastery of all required skills. <laughs> so there's still a box beyond that. Yep. Um, and I love that. It just it screams aspiration. Yep. Constantly striving. You know, there is something else you could be doing. Um, and what a great example. Yep. And perhaps there's something slightly American in that. <laughs> Quite. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, but, but it's great. Uh, yeah. So the top level, true expert in field. Knowledge and skills impact far beyond those of peers. Translates broad-based education and experience into forward-thinking, innovative actions. Makes immeasurable impact on mission accomplishment. <laughs> Peerless teacher selflessly imparts expertise to subordinates, peers and seniors. That, that Peerless. Even mentions, even mentions teaching, I think. It does. <laughs> yeah, and it's so transferable. I like to think that, you know, my path into teaching was completely logical. And just eight years in the military was just part of my training. But I, I think... Yeah, that's fantastic. That really is. It's sort of, there is a lot more there. And actually, again, when you sort of get to see this, this sheet, you know, from when you're listening, 
they sort of get bigger actually. There's there's more information as we go up, mm-hmm. isn't there? There's more sort of expectation um, and detail. And it's more about making a much bigger contribution than just beyond yourself. Yeah. I mean, it's funny when it says it makes immeasurable impact on mission accomplishment. I mean, sort of how do you measure immeasurable? (laughs) (laughs) But I mean, there are people, there there are people who are on, I think, Twitter or Mm. other social media, really sort of engaging with people, they, you know, keeping blogs, sharing their ideas. And so, you know, those people are making a contribution well beyond the confines of their classroom. Yeah. Um, and beyond the department, and then beyond the school. And yep. then, but there's so many layers there. Um, and I suppose from uh, thinking back when I when I was a soldier, it was sort of some outcomes hadn't been predicted. You would have your sort of you know gold standard of what you're hoping to achieve in in the mission, but actually you could end up having a far more successful mission than you had mm-hmm. originally planned. Um, so I suppose that relates to that really. Um, you can be do- you can always be doing a lot, um, and then think, and that's within your box. Think. You know, what's outside it? Yeah. I like that. Okay. Next category, individual character. Mm. Part one, courage. Moral or physical strength to overcome danger, fear, difficulty or anxiety. Personal acceptance of responsibility and accountability. Placing conscience over competing interests regardless of consequences. Conscious overriding decision to risk bodily harm or death to accomplish the mission (laughs) and to save others. This will to persevere despite, or the will to persevere despite mm. uncertainty. Okay, so that is that is pretty military specific. Yeah, <laughs> An individual character, and then obviously that's. I mean, it's subtitled as courage. I mean, that's great, isn't it? We, we, but we do say in schools that courage is something that we try and build in our and, and character more generally is yeah. is critical. Isn't it? Character education is huge, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, certainly at the moment, and has been for the last sort of well, ten years really. A big push, and it's it's what we're trying to build into pupils, but equally. It's what teachers need themselves, isn't it? Sort of resilience. Yeah. Uh, it's a tough job, and you're going to need some strength of character to persevere uh, through some pretty tough times. And the expectation is constantly changing, mm-hmm. um, and that's I think a lot of the sort of frustration and worry, isn't it? When teachers do get together, that's a lot of their sort of gripes and, and frustrations. Is that the expectation is just can't the goalposts seem to move, move, move yep, constantly? <laughs> but you... we need to be setting an example, don't we, to mm. these pupils? So. So let's, because this one is quite physical, <laughs> yeah. let's skip to the top level just yeah. So uncommon bravery and capacity to overcome obstacles and inspire others in the face of moral dilemma or life-threatening danger. Demonstrated under the most adverse conditions. Selfless. Always places conscious, conscience over competing interests, regardless of physical or personal consequences. <laughs> I mean, yeah, that's... I mean, there's a real play on selflessness there. Yep. As there was in mission accomplishment, in the proficiency and performance top boxes. Um, as a, I like that, sort of... It's it's touching on your... Yeah, your character, but your, your moral compass, almost. Mm. You know, you must be selfless in, in everything you do. And I, I really do... I love that, certainly in teaching, where you... Um, it's what comes across in your your demeanour, your manner, both engaging with the, with the child and, and your team and those around you and when they see you outside of school and everything. And it's constantly showing a, a sort of the best you you can. Yep. You know? And actively setting the best example possible. In... Yeah, in everything. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that, that... And that's a... You know, when it comes to promotion, that's sort of the things that maybe the one above you is looking at. Yep. Maybe that deciding factor... I don't know. <laughs> uh, okay, this one may apply more to teaching effectiveness under stress. 
<laughs> so, thinking, functioning, and leading effectively under conditions of physical and or mental pressure. Maintaining composure appropriate for the situation while displaying steady purpose of action. Enabling one to inspire others while continuing to lead under adverse conditions. Physical and emotional strength, resilience, and endurance are elements. Only elements. <laughs> I, think, <laughs> yeah. I think that's entirely transferable. Yes. Yeah, quite. So, the baseline exhibits discipline and stability under pressure. Judgment and effective problem-solving skills are evident. I think it's great. Yeah, But absolutely. again, such a high baseline. And there's a lot to our job, isn't there? Mm. I think in teaching, you just you are problem-solving, you are acting, you're getting up every day. You are shattered come the end of the day mm. because you are doing all of those things. Um, to show discipline and stability under pressure, uh, judgment and effective problem-solving skills are evident. Um, you know, that's you do that in every lesson. Yeah, that's that's the baseline. Yeah, right. <laughs> so the middle level consistently demonstrates maturity, mental agility, and willpower during periods of adversity. Provides order to chaos through the application of intuition, problem-solving skills, and leadership. Composure reassures others. Again, I, that is teaching in a nutshell. I think. Yeah, <laughs> and, and you know, yeah, that that reference to others, and because you've always got a classroom. Yep. Or a, a, a group of pupils there. Um, and you're Const on show. Constantly providing order to chaos. <laughs> yeah. yeah, maybe it should be effectiveness under duress, not stress. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, that's good. And then the top level demonstrates seldom matched presence of mind under the most demanding circumstances. Stabilises any situation through the resolute and timely application of direction, focus and personal presence. Yeah. And that is real leadership. So that's what you want from your senior team. You do. Um, some really good words in there. Um, direction. You know, the, your school um, faculty, they need to know where we're going. What's, mm -hmm. what's the USP? Um, and I think focus, personal presence. Wow, you can. That's a whole book in itself. Oh, now we could do an entire episode on. Sure. They like to call it executive presence, don't they, in, in yeah, business? Yeah, um, but it is a real thing. And it's, it's something that's really hard for individuals to develop, or for some individuals to develop, I think. And it's very hard to um, teach. Yep, to and, train, to and coach. even really to define. Yeah. It's just something about. Yeah. Call yeah. it charisma. Yeah. Call it whatever. <laughs> presence is key. Um, seldom matched presence of mind under the most demanding circumstances. I mean, <laughs> and it'd be good to have someone like that on your team. <laughs> sure, and it's so seldom matched. So I suppose that's sort of saying you've got to stand out. Yep. You yeah, and, and you only reach the top level if if you do. Yeah. yeah. Otherwise, you're a. You're a mid-level, a band <laughs> yeah. D. <That's laughs> yeah, which is still superhuman, by the way. So initiative, action in the absence of specific direction, seeing what needs to be done and acting without prompting, the instinct to begin a task and follow through energetically on one's own accord, being creative, proactive and decisive, transforming opportunity into action. A great little finisher. Yeah. Yeah. Opportunity into action. Mm -hmm. There's always, you know, there's countless opportunities in everything, aren't there? Um, but getting things done, I like that initiative. Um, I heard a, something from a colleague a while ago here at, uh, at school, sort of saying, you know, when you go into a meeting and things are debated and spun around, they should, every point brought up, if it's in the minute, should have some sort of action point yeah. at the end of it. It's you know, so you should be going easy. somewhere with it. Um, yeah. and, and be, whether it asks somebody to, to action that or um, otherwise it's just pointless yeah it's just so easy to go round and round and round 
And then wait for a week and have the same meeting over and over again. <laughs> yeah, and those people really do stand out, don't they? The ones that say, okay, right, what's going to happen about this? Yeah. What are we going to do about it? This is what we're going to do. This yeah. is how we're going to achieve the goal. And yeah. grip it. Yeah. Mm. Cool. So, great descriptors. Yeah. <laughs> Baseline. Demonstrates willingness to take action in the absence of specific direction. Acts commensurate with grade, training and experience. So you're, you're doing the job. That's yeah. It. And a willingness, you know, so even that, that's a willingness that's not even a... You should be putting your hand up mm-hmm. straight away. You're yep. volunteering. And so easy to say. Being proactive. I didn't know. Sure. Nobody told me. Oh, I didn't hear. Yeah. Missed that email. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Middle level. Self-motivated and action-oriented. Foresight and energy consistently transform opportunity into action. Develops and pursues creative, innovative solutions. Acts without prompting. Self-starter. Like that at the end. Acts <laughs> without prompting. Self-starter. And then the top level, highly motivated and proactive, displays exceptional awareness of surroundings and environment, uncanny ability to anticipate mission requirements and quickly formulate original, far-reaching solutions, always takes decisive, effective action. Always. Always. (laughs) Not just sometimes. Yeah, I know. Uh, Motivated, proactive, that's straight off the bat. Um, Because I think there is that sort of acceptance of, of... ticking along in your little sphere once you've mastered it. You've been a year, 18 months in your new role mm-hmm. and you're really getting to grips with it and you're enjoying it and yep. you're getting good at sort of that. To then push on again, you know, okay, right, I'm getting, not wanting to sort of wish your life away, to sort of maintain that level, um, that sort of higher Progress level. and development. But also it? think, okay, what next? Mm-hmm. Um, or what can I bring and add to this role that I've taken over from somebody else? What's my little... Um, bit my added on my value added you know yeah, yeah I like yeah. that okay next big section leadership which I think is going to be it's going to be directly applicable and it's a big old section yeah <laughs> so section one leading subordinates the inseparable relationship between leader and led the application of leadership principles to provide direction and motivate subordinates using authority persuasion and personality to influence subordinates to accomplish assigned tasks sustaining motivation and morale while maximizing subordinates performance i think this one of the really funny things about teaching is that in that from the outside it it can look like it's a very rigid structure Mm. you know you might have head deputy head assistant heads heads of faculty heads of department but actually the the nature of what schools do means that it can be a really not even a structure it's it's almost a a web of different relationships and and things that are being managed yeah so i mean you know, nominally, you're a teacher in the school, so mm. I might be your line manager. Yeah. But if I were to take part in a D of E expedition, mm. you'd be my line manager, and and that happens sure. all over the place, doesn't it? So, although this is written in a very top-down, you know, talking about subordinates and mm. things, actually, I think in teaching, it's it's possible to show leadership from whatever position you're in, what from whatever whatever role you happen to have right now, you can display all of these leadership qualities in, in some context. Yeah, and, and definitely some sort of crossover from the military to teaching is that I think it's very easy to stand out, actually, in an organisation, despite it being, it can be huge. Um, certainly to your one-up, um, because you can, whether it's running a school trip, you know, um, starting a new initiative within the department, or gaining a reputation for being on time, in the right uniform, being sharp, 
uh, in your appearance and your uh, in everything that you do. Um, and I think that's there are lots of little ways to stand out, and that's teaching you is definitely I think allows that to happen. Certainly in in departments, and you make a name for yourself, make a reputation. You know, I think. Um talking about uniform and personal presentation is, mm. is a really interesting. We could spend ages talking about that. It's yeah. so subjective, isn't it? I mean, I, I really think, you know, there's the whole thing about dress for the job you'd like to have and, and all that sort of thing. I think it's part of that presence that we were talking about earlier. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I'm sure people have wildly different opinions about the value of uniform for pupils, about how staff should dress. Mm. Uh, it's a really, really interesting topic. And I... <laughs> rather naively sort of banded around some ideas with my wife earlier on today <laughs> and she completely just blew out the water my thought process behind it all. You got some and, good feedback. And gave me some, yeah, <laughs> gave me some great examples actually of when she was at school. This is absolute rubbish, you know, I was, the ones that stand out for me are actually the ones that, it was, that was a non-factor. It was actually all in their delivery. They were the most charismatic or influential, positive um, easy going perhaps or I don't know the methods that they used that's what stood out and looking back and she said they weren't often the ones that were the most sharply dressed mm -hmm. or so yeah there's, there's a whole host of things I, I do probably fall in line a bit more with your view about the whole putting on a suit of armour you know yeah, it's sort of like, yeah, yeah. And sort of like an add to a child's um, approach to the day and, and sort of defence mechanism and of course there's that argument about what uniform does bring is that leveller yep. for, for children, um, which is helpful. But of course, there's loads of examples of schools that don't have any uniform in it, it just being a non thing. Mm -hmm. and, and yeah, certainly, and I know sort of Scandinavia, there's countries that where it's not such a big, big deal. And, I think if you look at yeah. research, like um, Hattie uh, yeah. says that actually it has pretty minimal impact. And there are other things which have a vastly bigger impact than, than whether someone's wearing uniform yeah. or not. At the same time, I know you know colleagues from other schools who've said the, the uniform is a proxy for behaviour. Mm. So by lining a class up outside a classroom and saying, just sort your tie out and tuck your shirt mm. in, you're just preparing to learn. You're, you're preparing the atmosphere for the lesson that's about to happen. So a mindset. So it's not okay. a uniform specifically, but it's the it's a, a vehicle. To, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I'm sure people have wildly different, <laughs> different. And you know, let us know, please. Okay. Let us know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, leading subordinates. Uh, we read the we read the descriptor for. So the baseline is engaged, provides instructions and seeks and directs execution, seeks to accomplish mission in ways that sustain motivation and morale. Actions contribute to unit effectiveness. Yeah, I mean, again. I mean, that in itself is effective leadership, isn't it? It really is. Um, and I find myself just having to read them back because you just sustain motivation and morale. Actions contribute to unit effectiveness. So there's that bringing the team along with you, but at the same time, mission critical. Mm. What's the objective? Um, is there a learning objective being achieved in this lesson, you know, which ultimately is the goal? Yeah. And making sure that everyone has some level of progression and learning um, throughout. I think it makes you look in the mirror quite sharply and, mm -hmm. and think, well, you know, it's quite easy to think, oh, I'm, a, I'm an effective leader, I've got some, I've got some great ideas, I've, yeah. I've implemented some change, but actually, have you contributed to the morale of your staff? Have you brought them along with you? Have, you, yeah. uh, have your actions contributed to unit effectiveness? Or have you just implemented an idea that well, it's probably a good idea, but, you know, there's so much more to think about when you 
view it through this particular lens. And are you going back into the staff room afterwards and whinging about something or something mm -hmm. completely not related? Or yeah, it's it's getting that um, that buy-in from from everyone. Um, yeah. So mid-level achieves a highly effective balance between direction and delegation. Effectively tasks subordinates and clearly delineates standards expected. Enhances performance through constructive supervision. Fosters motivation and enhances morale. Builds and sustains teams that successfully meet mission requirements. Encourages initiative and can, can oh candor. Encourages initiative and candor amongst subordinates. Mm. So that so much of this isn't actually about the thing, about the task. Mm. It's about the unit, about the, about the wider effect of, of your leadership, which I think is fascinating. Yeah, that's that first one. You know, it's, we're in leading subordinates at the moment, and then we've got developing. Um, so a lot of it is about the team has to be there in the right place, whether it's the headspace. And I'm a, a firm believer in that. I've not been in education long um, to realise that a child's got to be in a good place up here to do any sort of learning. And actually, that does fall on your shoulders as the teacher, doesn't it, to make sure that they are in that place. And that's just leadership from, from teacher to pupil. But yep. yeah, of course, within the department, with mm -hmm. your peer group. Um, and there is, a, I think, a sort of an expectation that we do that. And that's going to, you're going to stand out if you're that sort of person, aren't you? If you're um, keeping morale up, yep. that's key. You're, enga you're engaging with those yeah. people. You're not just being a superstar and yeah. sort of an, an isolated high performer. You're, because that yeah. isn't, in some sense, proper high performance, isn't it? You've got to engage with the team and bring people with you. Yeah, and it's reputation, isn't it? And it's it's being interested in them and mm -hmm. your colleagues, and that's a great, uh, that's a, a really, really good thing to be, I think, uh, not only in your career, but in your life generally. <laughs> and that's that balance between, a highly effective balance between direction and delegation. I mean, you've, you've got to yeah. empower people to use a... A cliche but you know you've got to give people the opportunity to thrive and, and so yeah. not just doing everything yourself i think it's absolutely key and you know this it it's, it's well known isn't it but it's just i think it's one of the hardest things to learn one of as a, as a leader in some form is to delegate mm -hmm. effectively because you just if you're a really motivated and driven individual you want to check stuff um and ultimately you think a lot of the uh, thought processes is basically oh, it's just quicker and easier if I do it yep. myself but you will burn out and you will get to a point and I have uh, even within four and a half years of teaching is very quickly I cannot do everything yep. and you then it can start being detrimental to your your reputation because you're late for stuff or Absolutely. you forget things or you um, and it's great to delegate and then of course with, with pupils it works brilliantly is there's no point in, in you setting everything up at the beginning of a lesson or the beginning of an activity, make them do it. Mm -hmm. Get buy-in from them, make them, and it, certainly from my sort of outdoor learning and the, the practical things I do, um, expeditioning or running an archery session or climbing or going and getting the stuff, equipment care and preparing and checking things and actually gives them accountability and gives them responsibility and there's so much more learning going on straight away after yep. that. And self-direction yeah. and you know, independence, all of those things, yeah. yeah. Okay, top level. Promotes creativity and energy amongst subordinates by striking the ideal balance of direction and delegation. Achieves highest levels of performance from subordinates by encouraging individual initiative. Engenders willing subordination, loyalty and trust that allow subordinates to overcome their perceived limitations. 
Personal leadership fosters highest levels of motivation and morale, ensuring mission accomplishment even in the most difficult circumstances. That's a, that's a biggie. Isn't that's, it? that's difficult <laughs> to achieve. Um, but I think we should, I think, you know, in a future episode, we should talk about coaching and mentoring. Yeah. Because I think that directly feeds into into this. You, you know, this sort of promotes creativity, creativity and energy amongst subordinates. Yeah. I mean, that's that's huge in itself, isn't it? To promote creativity, uh, to ask that of all of your team, to all of your class, to all of your department. Um, and promoting energy among your subordinates by striking the ideal balance of direction and delegation. I mean, keeping morale high, yep. keeping them keen, keeping them to do their own, you know, development. I think that, and that's that's a lot. It can feel quite a lot of weight on your shoulders mm. to try and achieve all of that. But I suppose some people will find things easier, won't they? Um, and just naturally do things. Yep. By their personality and. But maybe they've got a deficiency somewhere else. So sure. maybe they're. I don't know, if you were to plot this on a radar chart or something like that, they'd have a, a huge leadership spike, yeah. but maybe they're, maybe they're missing something else and actually finding the widest range, with yeah. the, the, the most balanced yeah. level of all of these things, perhaps, is, is a really good thing. Okay, developing subordinates, part two. Commitment to train, educate and challenge all Marines, regardless of race, religion, ethnic background or gender. Mentorship. Cultivating professional and personal development of subordinates. Developing team players and esprit de corps. Ability to combine teaching and coaching. Creating an atmosphere tolerant of mistakes in the course of learning. And I mean, that is very applicable, isn't it? It couldn't be more applicable. It's, it's fantastic, I think. Yeah. Baseline level. Maintains an environment that allows personal and professional development. Ensures subordinates participate in all mandated development programmes. There you go. You, so you've got to do those legal things. You've got to do your safeguarding and yeah. all of the mandatory stuff, obviously. That's just the baseline. That's the baseline, yeah. Yeah, and then and then you look to what else you can do. But it's interesting, isn't it, because I've not been in situation long, like I said, but it's since arriving, there's, there is so much outside of your little teaching world mm -hmm. that is part and parcel of being a teacher. Um, and you've just got to jump on board, haven't you? That, yeah. That's that. I think that really varies depending on the type of school you're in. Yeah. You know, if you're in a boarding school that's that's really about sort of holistic stuff, then yeah, absolutely. I and mean, there is so much that happens outside the classroom. Yeah. Um, but I think even in a even in a you know, academically focused day school, mm. uh, I think you know they can get a bad reputation for only caring about what goes on in the classroom. Yeah. But but just by the very nature of education, with you know the people that are sitting there in front of you, you're you're building people's lives. You know, you're you're affecting the sort of people that they will turn out like. Um, it's it's a huge, you know, we all bear, I think, a huge responsibility. And they would have had um, to have jumped through those hoops, mm -hmm. regardless of school. You know, there are obviously the, the baseline, but like you say, I mean, I'm a house a housemaster as well in a boarding, um, in a boys boarding house, and it's, there's a that's a whole job in itself in some ways, but, and we're just constantly asked to do lots of things, aren't we? And, and that's great, because we, we should be, um, we should be stretched in all, you know, all parts. I think of us as it. When you go into teaching, it is, it is holistic. It's, yeah, it's absolutely. massive. Yeah. Um, yeah. So mid-level develops and institutes innovative programs to include PME. What is PME? PME. No idea. Anyway, <laughs> that emphasise personal and professional development of subordinates. Challenges subordinates to exceed their perceived potential thereby enhancing unit morale and effectiveness, 
creates an environment where all Marines are confident to learn through trial and error. As a mentor, prepare subordinates for increased responsibilities and duties. I mean, that is essentially just really caring about your team. Yeah. Yeah, and showing... Yeah, absolutely. And sort of showing that you care. So it, it's obvious. Mm-hmm. And I think that approachability of senior leadership is, is key. Um, there's that balance, isn't there, between feeling a bit of pressure and being accountable, I think is, is very important. Mm-hmm. I, I, like, I like that. But in an, in an atmosphere of, we're going to help you become the best yeah. that you can be. Right. That's sort of scaffolding, that supportive, mm-hmm. the things we apply to teaching, I suppose. Yeah. Um, but it is key to have that sort of that balance, I think, um, between accountability and, yeah, definitely um, this is a healthy, happy environment where you're part of the team. Yep. Um, and then I think the top level, I, I love this one, I think this is possibly the best entry in the whole, the whole document. <laughs> Widely recognised and emulated as a teacher, coach and leader, any Marine would desire to serve with this Marine because they know they will grow personally and professionally. Subordinate and unit for performance far surpassed expected results due to MRO's mentorship and team building talents. Attitude towards subordinate development is infectious, extending beyond the unit. And that, that is just awesome, I think. Yeah, <laughs> that really is, isn't it? You know, you are, you're building such a good team, such a, a motivated, aspirational team that other people are looking in on you know, your department or your school thinking, yeah. I need to go and do what they're doing over there. That's, Whatever they're doing is working. Yeah. Absolutely. And the way it starts off, you know, they, they, there's three things there, teacher, coach and leader. Mm. And that, they're three huge things, aren't they? Um, but completely applicable to teaching. So teaching is the bit you're doing in the classroom or in your you know, area of, of sort of expertise. But you're a coach and you're a leader. Um, and leadership in itself is, is huge, isn't it? Showing leadership in so many ways. And it's been interesting recently going through the process with our head boy and head girl mm-hmm. selection process and being part of that. And it, it's fascinating to see the different styles and the different um, approaches. Because that, that process in particular revolves around some leadership challenges yeah. and some, some team building stuff. I so think. it starts off with, uh, the way we do it here at school, it starts off with that sort of uh, long list, if you like, and then we'll sort of put it into to teams and then do some team building and things. And then it's uh, feedback from a number of staff and then there's other challenges after that. And then there's shortlisting, there's interviews every stage. And it's, yeah, it's, it's pretty full on for them. Um, but I, I, I do like that sort of infectious, um, their attitude, and it should be, extend beyond the unit, it says here, but it should always extend beyond your classroom and beyond your department, and ultimately, if you are top of the tree, you know, it's extending beyond your school Absolutely. and beyond your, your subject. Um, System leadership, quite, you know, amongst, you know, it could be a network of schools, it could be a mat. Uh, or just you know an informal grouping, but yeah, absolutely. And you're probably getting. I know I I read quite a lot about in the outdoor education world and outdoor learning, um, and I'm interested in it. So actually, it's not a chore in mm-hmm. that sense, and it probably wouldn't be for 99 percent of teachers out there because they've gone into that subject because they're passionate yeah. about it, excited about it. Yeah. Cool. Next topic. We've sort of talked about this a little bit already. Mm. Setting the example, the most visible facet of leadership. How well a marine serves as a role model for all others. Personal action demonstrates the highest standards of conduct, ethical behaviour, fitness and appearance. Bearing, demeanour and self-discipline are elements. Brilliant. (laughs) Baseline level. Maintains marine core standards for appearance, weight and uniform wear. Sustains required level of physical fitness. Adheres to the tenets of the marine core core values. 
I, th I think it would be difficult to impose. <laughs> That's what I call that standards oh. for appearance, weight, and uniform <laughs> <laughs> in teaching, perhaps. Yeah, <laughs> and sustaining the required level of phys physical fitness. Yeah, I mean, how would you sort of? Yeah, I mean, is that important? You know, are we saying is that something we would hold dear in as a teacher? Well, I, you know, you've got to be fit you, enough to deliver. Can you be an outstanding teacher and not be physically fit? Of course. Yeah. You know. But at the same time, I think there are there are massive benefits to mm. to doing something that helps you cope with the rigors of the job. Yeah. And that might not be something physical, but I think perhaps there's something, you know, if we're building our eminently qualified <laughs> yeah. teacher descriptor. Mm. It seems interesting. Would you would you put that as a rating in an evaluation about is are people helping themselves by yeah. engaging in practices which will help them deal with the rigours and the stresses and strains of the job? Or is that a bit nanny statish? <laughs> yeah, quite. I suppose the thing in the back of my mind is, could they be better? Could that amazing teacher be even better if they were... Fitted pull-ups. Yeah, well, it's funny, isn't it? I mean, <laughs> maybe if they were a history teacher or a food tech teacher and it's not something that they would it would have any influence, maybe not. But I suppose certainly in... Uh, boarding schools where there's a big co-curricular program and you're expected to offer a lot more and get involved with lots maybe i suppose interesting if you look at it in its broadest it's part of the induction process here's <laughs> yeah. your here's your training plan <laughs> great idea then training good so that that was the baseline mid-level personal conduct on and off duty reflects highest marine corps standards of integrity bearing and appearance character is exceptional actively seeks self-improvement in wide-ranging areas. Dedication to duty and professional example encourage others' self-improvement efforts. Again, improving, you know, encouraging others. Um, and again, that is just the, that is just the mid-level. That yeah. exceptional, character is exceptional, gets you to the mid-level. <laughs> it's a, yeah. yeah. Actively seeks self-improvement in wide-ranging areas. So constantly aspiring. Mm -hmm. What can you be doing? Are you asking yourself that question? Are you looking yourself in the mirror at the end of a lesson and saying, "Could that not only could that be better, but what else could I bring into that? Could I, you know, wider reading or because there's that whole thing about is teaching a profession maybe like politics where you should have to work in the wider world before you can go into it? I think it's you, huge value in that. Isn't it? I don't know. I mean, I know, I you probably can go as who... far as saying. No, um, absolutely, it's, it's compulsory. But I know certainly with if, let's for instance say there was an architect who then trained to be a teacher, to be able to say to the child, well actually this maths is relevant, because mm. how often do you hear it, you know, I'm never going to use this, or there are computers and calculators to help me do a lot of the stuff. Well, I, th I think it really is important, and I, yeah. I didn't spend a lot of time in the outside world first, you know, I essentially yeah. went from university to my old school, mm. and, which was weird, <laughs> <You> know, <laughs> yeah. learning to call my teachers by their first name and things like that. <laughs> Still calling them sir. <laughs> as, a, as a technician, yeah. and then sort of ended up just helping in lessons, and then just going straight into teaching, and actually... I think people who have spent some time doing something else first just have a huge wealth of experience yeah. and different things to input. Uh, I, th I think it's really valuable. I think um, this would be hugely expensive, but but some sort of um, you know ability to spend time in the outside world um, yeah. would would be great. Submit in uh, in the military 
it's not so common now, but it was, um, the option for sabbaticals. Yep. Six months, 12 months. Um, and I was, a good friend of mine did that. He took 12, uh, six months off um, a while ago now. And everyone was saying beforehand, you know, it's crazy. You're going to put yourself back on the promotion ladder and you're going to be behind your peers because the particular unit I was in, sort of, there's a grading system and it's, it's pretty competitive. And it had exactly the reverse effect. He came back so much more motivated, yep. driven, yep. Um, and inspired to push on. And he, and he ended up, uh, you know, overtaking his peer group. I think I'm, there are schools, I think, that will do things like you know, allow you a sabbatical after seven years or, or something. Or a swap draft. Yeah. draft. A swap, <laughs> like, you know, teach you in another country maybe and do... Yeah, and I know absolutely. that's happened here, yeah. actually. But that's, uh, you know, that's quite enlightened. But, but again, it's hugely expensive. And I think, yeah. you know, some, a lot of schools just won't have the resources to, no. to implement it. But. but maybe that's something that the government needs to look at. <laughs> <laughs> maybe. Yeah. Okay, top level. Model Marine frequently emulated. Exemplary conduct, behaviour and actions are tone-setting. Like An that. inspiration to subordinates, peers and seniors. Remarkable dedication to improving self and others. That's brilliant. <laughs> Absolutely brilliant. Um, actions are tone-setting. That is fantastic. Tone-setting. Setting the tone, not just setting an example, but setting the tone <laughs> of the, you know, the atmosphere, everything. That's fantastic. Um, model marine. I mean, model teacher, frequently emulated. I like that. So that you're doing things that others look to yep. um, and are inspired by. And, and, and dedication to improving not just yourself, but everyone else. Again, it's this sort of yeah. concept of team all, all the way through, running all the way through. Yeah, that sort of humble nature. Um, I like that, that it's recognised here in the military where... It's quite a task-orientated organisation, you know, but there is a huge recognition here, clearly, throughout, about bringing others along, um, being selfless, being humble. Um, and I think that really shows. It also is really obvious, in my experience, when people are putting it on. Mm -hmm. um, it's just something to work at, isn't it? And always constantly trying to be better and, yep. and be humble in what you do. Good stuff. Yeah. Number four, ensuring well-being of subordinates. Genuine interest in the well-being of Marines. Efforts enhance subordinates' ability to concentrate or focus on unit mission accomplishment. Concern for family readiness is inherent. The importance placed on welfare of subordinates is based on the belief that Marines take care of their own. There we are again. Yeah, absolutely. Concern for family readiness is inherent. Interesting. I mean, clearly that's, that's aimed at deploying overseas. And the pressure's put on them there's there's a battle going on at home as well you know mm. and to balance that and, and you've got to be in a good place mentally like we've said before um but interesting that they're recognizing that in in the individual and to see do, do they have that ability to care for their group their team they're evaluating it as part of their yeah. yeah yeah so baseline deals confidently with issues pertinent to subordinate welfare and recognizes suitable course of action that supports subordinates well-being applies available resources, allowing subordinates to effectively concentrate on the mission. Fine, you've got to look after your team. Yeah, quite. Applies available resources and allowing subordinates to effectively concentrate on the mission. So not overloading your team, mm -hmm. making sure that someone's in the right role. Um, just, and, and actually that sometimes just doesn't happen, does it? It's a hard balance to strike, isn't it? Yeah, and knowing your team, getting new staff yep. in and... 
you've just got to build relationships with playing to their mm-hmm. strengths yeah absolutely and, and certainly in my sphere here at school is is building teams to run expeditions for Duke of Edinburgh or cadets or trips abroad and um, adventurous learning it's almost more I think to build those teams on personalities mm-hmm. not so much on hard skills yeah because the hard skills can be taught or you're using experts when we're there subject matter experts or guides or things but actually it's the team it's it's their personality suited to stressful situations um, do they get on do they bring something yeah, and they, particular yeah and the balance of personalities within important, the team I find we should do in a different episode personality testing and yes. building teams based on a broad range of personalities yeah. um, you know a lot of businesses will use Myers-Briggs or some yeah. other sort of personality testing and try and try and use that to build a balanced leadership team mm. that has some you know, some ideas people, some completer finishers, some, and, and try and pil- build a complementary set of skills in the team. But I think that's really interesting. We could spend hours talking about that. Yeah, and <laughs> it's interesting. Yeah. yeah, I mean, we don't want to go down that rabbit yeah. hole, but it, it is interesting where I think ultimately there's a lot of adults out there. Most people don't actually know they have because they haven't done a personality test themselves mm. or, you know, their job hasn't asked them to. So I think it's... There's a lot of adults out there, even at the end of their careers, who may still have some untapped strengths, you know, or some real, they haven't ever been used. Some facets to their in, personality. In their, that, yeah. You know, they're not quite square peg in a square hole. <laughs> <laughs> Good. Okay. Mid-level. Instills and or reinforces a sense of responsibility among junior Marines for themselves and their subordinates. Actively fosters the development of and uses support systems for subordinates, which improve their ability to contribute to unit mission accomplishment. Efforts to enhance subordinate welfare improve the unit's ability to accomplish its mission. And that is the key, isn't it? You know, a, a well-functioning team yeah. relies on people being, as you say, not overloaded, confident with the work they're doing, well supported, in the right frame of mind, and reinforcing, you know, reinforcing a sense of responsibility. Um, amongst your team that sort of accountability it started already you know just the middle box you've got to be making sure that every one of your team is is playing their part Mm -hmm. and stepping up Um, and that's if you're solely responsible for that that's a big ask big team you know (laughs) wow yeah Um, again delegation (laughs) yeah indeed yeah absolutely top level noticeably enhance enhances subordinates well-being resulting in a measurable increase in unit effectiveness maximizes unit and base resources to provide subordinates with the best support available. Proactive approach serves to energize unit members to take care of their own, thereby correcting potential problems before they can hinder subordinates' effectiveness. Widely recognized for using techniques and policies that produce results and build morale, builds strong family atmosphere, puts motto, mission first, Marines always into action. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, living by your sort of motto at home in everything you do I think that's it's good that I mean the marines in the UK have something quite similar so once a marine always a marine mm-hmm. and that sort of idea that it's a family and you're a family of, of military um, personnel now not just men um, in the marines but also you have to bring alongside the family unit and mm-hmm. they have to buy into that as well I always, I always used to laugh that the hardest job in the marines was being a wife of a marine Totally, because yeah, I think yeah. that that's there's a huge amount of sacrifice on that part and a lack of um, control and complete lack of control um, and obviously when children come along and all of that it ten times harder mm-hmm. um, and it, it's 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 really difficult and then there's that, all that extra pressure and stress on the marine to make sure that 
they're happy and in a good place and and yeah that you, you've got to come into work in a good place haven't you mentally and as a teacher if you're fighting those battles at home it's going to come across in the classroom mm. but I think this is something that schools can can really think about you, you know about Welfare making sure and... yeah absolutely looking after staff providing opportunities for them to yeah. to cope with the stresses and strains of, of the job yeah. and there's lots of little things aren't there sort of making a really nice common room um, both physically and atmosphere mm -hmm. and build things into that socials um, how often do you hear people I just haven't got time yep. um, I know when I was a, a boarding house assistant to begin with there was a really good sort of social network of other house assistants and we'd go out regularly yep. and, and morale was maintained yeah, absolutely. it was a yep. really good way but obviously when you get married or children come along and it's difficult to maintain that so again, it's getting buy-in and, and getting your partners and children and things involved in the organisation in some form so that then it's not seen as a sacrifice or an add-on, but it's just part of. Yeah, um, but I think, I think it's incumbent on leadership teams right. to think strategically about how are we enhancing our staff's yeah. welfare? You know, mm. what, what are we doing to make sure that that all of that is the case you know it's not yeah. perhaps not just an impromptu trip to the pub on a friday <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but actually something that's built into yeah. how the school operates because of the vast benefits that will come because of it yeah and there's got to be some benefits from it really mm. haven't there you know it can't just be turn up to work and and then leave at the end of the day yeah it's so much more than a job this um you invest so much time and energy and passion and drive um so yeah absolutely absolutely incumbent upon that the head of that organisation, whoever that may be, to really try and foster that and encourage yeah. yeah. Okay, number five, communication skills. The efficient transmission and receipt of thoughts and ideas that enable and enhance leadership. Equal importance given to listening, speaking, writing and critical reading skills. Interactive, allowing one to perceive problems and situations, provide concise guidance and express complex ideas in a form easily understood by everyone allows subordinates to ask questions, raise issues and concerns and venture opinions, contributes to a leader's abil ability to motivate as well as counsel. And communication is just everything. I think it's, I, I'm yeah. learning constantly that, that communication is just so unbelievably important in, in making any change, in, in trying to affect any sort of leadership, mm. you know, the nature of your communication, how you go about trying to make a change in whatever sphere is just absolutely critical. Whether it's getting your ducks in a line, you know, from a strategy point of view, or down to the way you construct your sentence, or mm -hmm. how where, how and when you approach a team and raise things and bring things up, and that is very difficult when you're stressed or under pressure or getting yeah, totally. maybe pressure from the governors to do a certain thing as a head, um, or getting pressure from parents and yep. then having to make changes in your department or your boarding house, for instance, and bringing along your team with you because of this new direction or worry or concern. The ability to, to motivate as well as counsel. Yeah, yeah absolutely. absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So baseline, skilled in receiving and conveying information, communicates effectively in performance of duties. There you Fine. Go. Yep. Doing it well. Communicate effectively. <laughs> Mid-level, clearly articulates thoughts and ideas verbally and in writing. Communication in all forms is accurate, intelligent, concise and timely. Communicates with clarity and verve, ensuring understanding of intent or purpose. Encourages and considers the contributions of others. I think I, I like that. There are different words used in that than we've seen. There aren't, there isn't a lot of repeating. No, no. Which is fantastic. 
so that it, it makes it clearer, doesn't mm. it? I, sort of as you're reading it, I'm thinking, right, if I was sitting here and I had someone in my team that I was, so I could easily go through that and say yes or no to so that. You're not communicating with enough verve. That's <laughs> <laughs> In some, ways, in some ways, it's hard to quantify verb, but at the same time, mm-hmm. it's very easy if someone hasn't got any. Yeah. So you can put them at the bottom, put them in the middle, or put them at the top. You know, they're working beyond that, but they're not quite in the next one. Interesting. <laughs> yeah. Interesting. I think the, the, the bit about ensuring understanding of intent or purpose is just the absolute key in, in leadership yeah. terms of making any change. You've got to communicate. I have learned <laughs> the, yeah. you know, the, the reason behind something. So even something that it seems like quite a dramatic change or mm. can be that change can be led much more smoothly if people are on board with why you know yeah. if you spend some time listening to people explaining the reasons behind you know why you're making the change so so important and being i think um what's the word sort of sympathetic to you maybe two or three steps ahead Mm -hmm. of where they are and if you try and sell it in a way that you've got to put yourself in their shoes yeah they're two or three steps behind you might have worked through a few scenarios and be at the end result you need to go back um it's just basic communication skills isn't it really but maybe even more so with a big team and professionally you've really got to explain thoroughly and concisely like you say mm-hmm. um, and say why you're doing it it's like in learning isn't it a lot of the kids why are we learning this yep <laughs> absolutely yeah. here's why so top level highly developed facility in verbal communication adept in composing written documents of the highest quality combines presence and verbal skills which engender confidence and achieve understanding irrespective of the setting situation or size of the group addressed displays an intuitive sense of when and how to listen it's quite interesting, I think, that the top level about communication finishes with a line about listening. That's... Yeah, quite. But also addressing groups of different sizes. I, th- I think I've found it really fascinating that in a profession that involves standing up in front of groups of people mm. and, and talking, you know, we're essentially all performers to yeah. one degree or another. But actually still so many teachers are, are really nervous about public speaking, about standing up in an assembly rather than a classroom, which really is exactly the same thing. It's the same, same children in the room. It's just there's more of them. But for some reason, uh, I think a lot of people have, have quite a high degree of nervousness about doing exactly that. But there must be an element to their personality that they must revel in it a little bit, mm-hmm. uh, or an aspect of it. Um, and also maybe I always think that assemblies, I think, because it's, there's a huge number of staff as well in there. Yep, interesting. <laughs> and yes. that can... Yep add to maybe that sort of internal concern or worry. Maybe I just ing- ignore yeah. them. <laughs> <laughs> but you're right, and there are, there are teachers, there are teachers here who were actors in the past, and I always laugh because they tell me that it's it's just so similar, and that's why it's so exhausting come the end of the day, because mm-hmm. you've been on show for, and performing for six hours. And then, of course, you've got the planning and the marking, but let's not go down that road. But it's huge, <laughs> isn't it? And, uh yeah, listening, I mean, what do they say? Um, I've heard it many, many times, but we have one mouth and two ears. Yep. So there we are. We should be listening twice as much as we <laughs> talk. Fine. Section G, intellect and wisdom. I think this is, this is wow. really interesting. I mean, rating people on their intellect <laughs> and wisdom as part of their performance management. Exactly. Is, I mean, that's, that's going to be controversial, I think. <laughs> but they value it, clearly. Yeah. So, oh, here we are. This is what PME stands for. Professional <laughs> Military Education. Okay. There we are. Commitment to intellectual growth in ways beneficial to the Marine Corps. 
increases the breadth and depth of warfighting and leadership aptitude. Resources include resilient schools. Oh, sorry. In resources include resident schools, yeah. professional qualifications and certification processes, non-resident and other extension courses, civilian educational institution coursework, a personal reading program that includes but is not limited to selections from the Commandant's reading list, participation in discussion groups and military societies, and involvement in learning through new technologies. I mean, stripping out the stuff about war fighting. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, that is that, that could easily be transferable to, to teaching. Absolutely. I, I like the idea of a Commandant's reading list. <laughs> yeah. I'll, I'll, I'm still waiting for that email. From... <laughs> <laughs> we should have a, a heads reading list or yeah. something. What we should do is uh, put links on the website to any books that we talk about or things that we reference, uh, including this document, which we will. And actually, I must put in there, I'm, I'm not being fair, our library here at school, which is excellent, <laughs> does send out weekly um, top reads and things. It does, are, so it does. absolutely. We do have that. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, a constant engagement with getting better. Mm. And it's very, very easy to qualify as a teacher and then to teach for 30 years and, and not do not pursue any further education because it's 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 hard it's incredibly time consuming yeah um, yeah it's an interesting one isn't it and it... I mean there's there are uh, exam board courses there's sort of constant mm. CP low level CPD uh, but actually particularly going above and beyond to reach this top level when we get to it yeah. is uh, is critical I think yeah and I suppose some people might not want to reach or you know that top level mm -hmm. or recognize that maybe they just what with their life and their pressures and stress or their um sort of hobbies and things that they do outside of, of work is that they're happy with the balance just important quite yeah cool so basic level maintains currency and required military skills and related developments has completed or is enrolled on an appropriate level of pme for grade and level of experience recognises and understands new and creative approaches to service issues, remains abreast of contemporary concepts and issues. There we are, so we're already doing quite a lot of yeah. work. <laughs> to keep up. And education is absolutely one of those professions where there is, you know, there are new theories, new initiatives the whole time. Yeah. And to maintain the base level, you're keeping up with those at least. Yeah, and what an exciting time to get into teaching. I mean, there are so many changes, aren't there? So many mm -hmm. on the technological front, um, which is just... Um, Frightening and, and yeah, exciting yeah, at the same time. I mean, I'm, I have a particular interest in artificial intelligence yeah. and the impact that will have on society and education and, uh, and things like that. That's a whole episode there. We should, yeah. <laughs> we should plan one. Oh. Absolutely. So mid-level, PME yeah. Outlook extends beyond MOS and required education. Develops and follows a comprehensive personal programme which includes broadened professional reading and or academic coursework, advances new concepts or ideas. It's sort of self-discipline in your own development. Yeah, and it is definitely one step up there, isn't it? Because you are, you're even staying abreast of stuff in that first box. Um, but the second one, there's a, you know, a clear sort of, you should be looking at those new things, that incorporating that further reading and, and research and, and, and ideas and doing something with it. Um, and you're not just following sharing it, you know. Yeah, and you're not just following the basic CPD program. You're looking you're, for. You're developing and following your own comprehensive personal program. <laughs> yeah, which can only come from all of that background reading and wider yeah. uh, research. Top level, 
dedicated to lifelong learning. There we are, done. <laughs> Full stop, yeah. As a result of active and continued efforts, widely recognised as an intellectual leader in professionally related topics, makes time for study and takes advantage of all resources and programmes, introduces new and creative approaches to service issues, engages in a broad spectrum of forums and dialogues. There we are. Top up. Yeah. So not even just doing the wider reading and creating your own um, programs and initiatives, but actually looking beyond your little sphere, yep. beyond your your subject. This is you know engaging in conferences, yeah. maybe speaking at conferences, being recognised as somebody who has something to add to the system, and bringing in other subjects, seeing the crossover, mm. seeing the overlap with other subjects, and you can do that quite easily in in, in a school, can't you? Just by conversations with your colleagues mm -hmm. um, and I see crossover all the time um, I spend my life trying to justify outdoor education but um, <laughs> it's it can be put into everything and other things can be put into it I mean it, it's really interesting in that sense um, and there's lots of philosophical debates about um, how it's how it can be challenging and rewarding and all those things um, and it, you know I like that that you should be looking outside of your little world mm -hmm. absolutely Number two, decision-making ability. Viable and timely problem solution. Contributing elements are judgment and decisiveness. Decisions reflect the balance between an optimal solution and a satisfactory workable solution that generates tempo. That's a really interesting balance. Like that, yeah. Decisions are made within the context of the commander's established intent and the goal of mission accomplishment. Anticipation, mental agility, intuition and success are inherent. <laughs> success are inherent, yeah, I like that. Generating tempo. Yeah, I like that. Recognising not being a perfectionist. Yeah. Not letting perfect get in the way of good. Yeah, quite. Because it can almost seem insurmountable sometimes. Mm. Thinking, oh, well, I'm never going to achieve that, therefore. But it's a bit like all of this, isn't it? You should be constantly just, where can you get to? Yep. Um, and tempo and then, is really important. Yes. And then reflect, review, get better. Yeah, quite. So baseline makes sound decisions leading to mission accomplishment, actively collects and evaluates information and weighs alternatives to achieve timely results, mm. confidently approaches problems, accepts responsibility for outcomes. That's a big one. It's huge, isn't it? The thing, the thing I'm thinking about all of this, both this one and the next box when we come to it, is the sort of... Um, that decision-making ability can improve through... Certainly in my experience, it's, it's reflection straight away. Mm. Um, and it happened during the PGCE process because it's quite humbling, isn't it, when you just get critiqued for a year yep. <laughs> and told your deficiencies. Um, <laughs> but it's sort of seeing through that, having some thick skin and also saying, OK, well, I really want to get better. Yeah. And you can only get better by being critiqued, filming yourself, looking back, um, seeing being someone else's to, opinion. To take it on the chin and, yeah. and say, of course, there are areas I need to get better in. And you let's, should want let's think to. about them. Yep. Yeah. In the military, we had um, hot debriefs, we used to call them. Straight away, after, a, after an op, you'd come back in, not even sort your kit out, um, straight into a, a debrief room, and you just talk through the entire op mm. from start to finish. What went well, what went badly. And it was sort of a bit of an amnesty. You know, Things weren't going to be taken outside that room. It was a closed community. Yep. It was just the people involved. And you can throw around exactly what happened. And it's hand up time. It's time to be humble. And... I screwed up there, or mm -hmm. that, that went really, really well. And there was a mistake with that coordinate, and we did this, whatever. 
but it's so so beneficial that's um, interesting is there because it's immediately after straight does, away does that mean i don't know tension still running high does that yeah. affect yeah emotion is running mm. high and can you imagine what the feeling is if someone uh someone died on the op or mm. someone um uh, there was a blue on blue or yeah. there's a whole host of scenarios which obviously add um complication to that sort of scenario um, and you have your intelligence briefs beforehand and if what you faced on the ground wasn't what was in the intelligent brief there's a lot of animosity towards yep. the, the intel the and, put it yeah, quite, and, yeah. but you know and it's all managed uh, very carefully um, and there's ultimately it works very well well with the military because there's a chain of command so mm. you, you you fall in line with that and that's always um, it never lets it spiral out of control, or um, but it's succinct and at right next stage, um, and that's that's really really key, um, and that's sort of applicable to teaching because you straight away after a lesson, certainly on a lesson observation, it's really good I think and really valuable to have that feedback straight yeah. away in the heat of the moment. Review, reflect. Yeah, and and then a bit of time works well as what you mm-hmm. know on top of that, but straight away is quite good. Yeah. But in a I suppose in a in a low stakes setting sure just we're just going to talk about it and And in that healthy environment like we discussed earlier that's key Mm -hmm. Um, you shouldn't feel threatened um and again that's another episode i'm sure but that sort of i don't like being told when the lesson observation is going to happen personally i um, but of course there needs some sort of um structure to it in that you need to provide lesson plans and things but um, and certain requirements, but I think it's great just to be able to. I love that environment where people just go and watch people teach. Yeah, because I think it's far more beneficial for the person watching, um, and and they can just walk away, and there's uh, there's no sort of critiquing going on, but it's hugely beneficial mm-hmm. for both. Um, yeah, amazing. Right, judgment. Oh no, we haven't looked at the descriptors yet. Oh, have we? Yeah. So have we looked no, at we looked at the baseline, didn't we? Yeah, mid, we did. Mid level demonstrates mental agility effectively prioritizes and solves multiple complex problems, analytical abilities enhanced by experience, education, and intuition, anticipates problems and implements viable long-term solutions, steadfast, willing to make difficult decisions. There you go. I like that. Steadfast. That's what you want in a leader, isn't it? (laughs) Willing to make difficult decisions. Um, You're not going to shy away from the, the, the pressure or... Uh, of, which com- there, of which there will be many, you yeah. know, multiple difficult decisions to take in a, in a leader's you know, year. Or... Yeah, and very easy, isn't it, just to tick along, recognise a problem but not do anything about it. Mm-hmm. Um, and it takes real, not only confidence, but tact and some sounding boards along the way. Yeah. Thrash it out with your partner when you're at home or, you know, take opinions. And I was at a, a deputy heads conference a while ago. And there was somebody uh, from an HR organisation mm. who said, you know, hands up if you've got a bit of an issue in, in your school. You know, you can think of a, a colleague who perhaps mm. is, you know, not performing in the way that you'd like them to, perhaps, a, you know, some sort of issue. And 90% of people put their hands up. And he said, how many of you, you know, for how many of you has that been going on longer than a week? And Most an awful people. lot of hands stayed up. And, and he said, you know, that's just... From an HR point of view, that's that causes real problems. You know, you've got to you've got to get on top of it, even if it's really difficult. Yeah. You've got to have the sort of courage for convictions um, as a leader to really deal with problems, rather than letting them become the normal way of working, but just just become the accepted way that things happen. Yeah. And there's a lot. It's difficult, isn't it? Certainly, if you're at the top of a big organisation, if you're ahead, um, I would imagine 
you can't get sort of bogged down with everything. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I know here we have those uh, opportunities in the mornings to go and see our head. Um, yep. And actually, that's a really that's a great way, I think, and a little thing that that's happened since his arrival. And I think that's that's great, um, a good opportunity. Yeah. Cool. Top level, widely recognised and sought after to resolve the most critical complex problems. Seldom matched analytical and intuitive abilities accurately foresees unexpected problems and arrives at well-timed decisions despite fog and friction. Completely confident approach to all problems masterfully strikes a balance between the desire for perfect knowledge and greater tempo. I mean, I've never met anyone. No. (laughs) Ever. Who embodies that particular... I don't think I've seen anyone in film who... (laughs) But it's something to aspire to. It is. It is. And, and, yeah, we, we said at the beginning, it's you don't want... Easily achievable grading here. No, no. I think each one of these is the top possible yeah. level of achievement. You can aspire to each one of these, and even if you're not hitting the top mark, that's still fine. You know, you you, you know what you can do to improve. And no, I, I think I I really like this this nature of you know setting the bar so incredibly high. Yeah. Um, because some people will meet that top criteria maybe in one or two, mm. but certainly not all the way through. Uh, I mean, decision-making abilities, just looking back, it's it's very hard, isn't it, to assess that? Um, because if things go well, often the person the right making the right decision is seen as having made the right one. Yeah, but a gamble that goes well could be seen as exceptional decision-making ability. Educated guesses go wrong, don't they? Mm-hmm. And sometimes that's all you can do. Um, you just have to hope that you've you've got enough experience there and intuition or initiative to make the best guess you can. Number three, judgment. The discretionary aspect of decision-making draws on core values, knowledge and personal experience to make wise choices, comprehends the consequences of contemplated courses of action. There you go. There we are. That's, that's part of, part of how you do it. (laughs) It's still an intellect and wisdom, isn't it? So judgment. Yeah. Yeah core values, knowledge and personal experience. I mean, that's, I think, you know, articulating your core values is really, really hard as it's so easy to slip into cliche. I really like that as well. I, I haven't really, I didn't really do that in the military, but since coming into teaching, I've really been um, prodded and poked and, and challenged and questioned on my core values mm-hmm. and what I stand for and sort of, you know, who am I? Well, what am I? Because then I'll, that will dictate what I'm trying to achieve and what I'm hoping to get from the pupils that I teach. And I think that's really good. Whether you're going to sit a personality test or your hot debriefs or your reflections or and I did a boarding school association qualification. I've just finished it, and that was a two-year process. Um, and actually, that was really good. I mean, it sort of. I was thinking, this is ridiculous, so much extra work on top of everything I'm doing already, is mm-hmm. this really going to help me? But I'm so glad I did do it. Having written a few essays and gone away on a few days and met other teachers, and we don't get the opportunity to really reflect and stop and think and meet and chat and, and look at yourself in the mirror really metaphorically. Yeah. You know? I suppose, yeah, to get better, you have to really articulate who you are in the first place. It's not going to happen by just coming to work and teaching, is it? I don't think mm-hmm. it is. You've really got to. You've got to be doing these other things. Um, yeah, and it's actually 
It's going to make you better at your job, but also probably make you a better human being because yep. you're going to be maybe more a better listener or more resilient or uh, self-aware more generally. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so the final we've got through all of the the different things other than fulfillment of evaluation responsibilities. I think it's quite in- interesting that the last thing you get evaluated on mm. is how you perform evaluations for other people. Yeah. So baseline occasionally submitted ultimately or administratively incorrect evaluations. Uh, untimely or oh, untimely, yeah, yeah, sorry, yeah. Incorrect evaluations. So that's quite a negative, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. And uh, as reporting officer concurred with one or more reports from subordinates that were returned for inflated marking. So you've you've allowed sloppiness in yeah. your subordinates in, in rating the people around them as higher than they really are. Yeah. But this this is the first one that actually starts with something negative rather than setting yeah. a baseline as as wonder, already a good standard. I wonder why that is. Yeah. Mid level prepared uninflated evaluations which were consistently submitted on time. Evaluations accurately described performance and character. Evaluations contained no inflated markings. No reports returned by RO, reporting officer, or HQMC for inflated marking. No subordinates returned by HQMC for inflated marking. Few, if any, reports were returned by reporting officer or HQMC for administrative errors. Section Cs were void of superlatives. (laughs) Justifications were specific, verifiable, substantive, and where possible, quantifiable and supported the markings given. And it's how to write reports. There you uh, go. <laughs> I mean, I was thinking actually, maybe that that slightly sort of negative take on the first one. You know, even below that, maybe the people that just aren't aren't sort of completing um, CPD for their their yeah. team or whatever. They're going through the process, them. but it's yeah. not. So even so, these guys at least are going through the process. It's just not mm-hmm. consistent or. Um, but you see, I think I think you could take that phrase at the end for what to look for in a well-written school report. Yeah. Justifications were specific, verifiable, substantive, and where possible, quantifiable, and supported the markings given. I mean, that, that could easily be the definition of, you know, I'm, I'm, I think I might take that. <laughs> Put that at the top of every yeah, report. So this, is, this is what to yeah. look for. Because teachers do, don't they? It's, sort of, it's quite hard to, Our whether it's a so predicted hard, grade. So hard to write, yeah. Or... And it's just so easy to toe the line with reports, yep. isn't it? And just put the generic... Yeah, or to slip into, uh, even if you're not copying and pasting, to slip mm. into just repeated uses of certain phrases yeah. which roll easily off the tongue. And yeah. your sort of bottom third, middle third, top third type child mm-hmm. and, and fitting them into that those brackets. Um, I mean, obviously, we, we take the fact that the demand is huge and sometimes people have to write 200, 300 yep. reports yeah, and multiple times throughout the year. It's... Bizarre, but that's a wider problem, isn't it? Yeah. Oh, and, and one, again, <laughs> terms of that's, that's a whole podcast. That would be great. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Top level, no reports submitted late. No reports returned by either RO or HQMC for administrative correction or inflated markings. No subordinates reports returned by HQMC for administrative correction or inflated markings. Returned procedurally or administratively incorrect reports to all subordinates for correction, as RO non-concurred with all inflated reports. So you are not only doing the job in an exemplary exemplary way yourself, you're making sure that all the people below you who are doing reports Mm. are also being held to the same standard. And I suppose that's why that's the last point in this process, isn't it? You have to verify the integrity of the process. 
and and so making that part of the evaluation is is really interesting and giving clear i think criteria which is what they're doing in this isn't mm. it but if you're going to make sure that your team are being unbiased and uh, honest and genuine um because obviously there's going to be a desire to um support your team as positively Absolutely, and as yeah. favorably as you can without obviously lying um, well and if you've You've taken the time to build relationships, to to establish friendships with yeah. your your team. You know, it's going to be really hard to mark them down, to and and to maintain that sort of level of honesty. There is a level of bias, isn't there? In yeah, there? yeah. Um, and and real real difficulty in trying to relieve yourself of that bias yeah. and 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 give a completely objective report on someone. Mm. Totally interesting. Yeah. So that is the whole marine yeah. document <laughs> if we were writing one of these for the eminently qualified teacher are there any other categories you feel should should be on there <laughs> i probably have to I really like, I mean, there's a lot about setting an example in mm. there. And I think for me, that's the biggest thing, I think, is, is setting an example in everything you do. Yep. Because I want the, the children to aspire. To, we should try and be, you should fill a school, ideally, with the best examples mm -hmm. of society in some ways. And I think that's really, really key. There's probably enough in there Yeah. yeah. Um, about that. I thought possibly something like, behaviour management but it probably draws on quite a lot that's in there already you know I, th I think your baseline would be I don't know uh, uses strategies and techniques to maintain an atmosphere conducive to learning you know that's that's yeah. your baseline and then perhaps at the top end you know pupils are you've got differentially engaged there. yeah in their own improvement and you know are enthused by the subjects you know all behavioural issues are dealt with in in a positive way that results yeah. in the improvement of the individual yeah and they're learning yeah absolutely um, yeah and maybe that they are then setting examples for those around them mm. i think mm -hmm. that sort of uh i love that so there's definitely a tone throughout this about making your team um good in themselves so that essentially it's taking a lot of the weight off you in your role because it is just ticking along and everyone has their own yeah you know these these top boxes are all um, it's not really about you. It's about you've created an atmosphere and an environment where they are your team. It's about just team. Yeah. taking along very also. efficiently. <laughs> so I think that just about wraps it up for episode yeah. number one. Um, find us online at learningleadership.net. Uh, you can find us on Twitter uh, or LinkedIn or all sort of places like that. Uh, we would love to have some feedback uh, and to hear your views either about this episode. Uh, or about things you'd like to see covered in future episodes, uh, please subscribe to the podcast. Uh, I hope by the time this goes online, by the time you've found us, uh, we'll be available on places like iTunes and Spotify and uh, all of those sort of places to find your podcasts. But you can always find us uh, at learningleadership.net uh, on the internet. And I suppose just to finish, we should thank uh, all of those teachers, uh, senior leaders, middle leaders, school support staff, outdoor education instructors, uh, anyone involved with the education and development of young people, uh, you do 
an incredibly important job and thank you for your service. Absolutely, I'd echo that. <laughs> and so until next time, that is the end of episode one. <laughs> thank you. <laughs>